welcome everybody to episode 14 of the Fearcast. And for all of you out there, welcome to the Fearcast. Um, I am Kevin Foss. I'm a licensed therapist specializing in OCD and anxiety spectrum disorders uh, here in California. And oddly enough, also in Montana, um, because those two states are very similar, uh, very close together. um, And there's a lot of overlap between the citizens of Montana and California. So that's why I'm licensed in both places. So um, welcome to uh, episode 14. Um, We're going to take a quick break from the uh, series we've been doing on taboo subjects. Uh, We'll probably do a couple more episodes on the taboo subjects. Uh, We we previously did um, HOCD. Um, uh, We also did uh, pedophile OCD. Um, uh, Both of those are getting a lot of attention. The the HOCD episode in particular uh, is getting a lot of listens. So uh, thank you all for um, uh, for going through that one. So for this episode, because um, my life has uh, become very crazy in the past couple of weeks, um, I as mentioned in a previous episode, all of a sudden I need to move. So um, my life has been consumed by finding a place, packing, um, and, and just about to move. So trying to figure out a time to record, trying to figure out a time to uh, edit everything, and and in addition to doing all the other things that I'm trying to do. So uh, I'm going to try to keep this episode relatively short, but we'll see how short that can actually be based on how much uh, you all know how much I can yammer on about stuff. Um, so this episode, I just wanted to take a little bit of time to talk about decision making. Um, so sometimes we can all have difficulties making decisions, um, and we, we, we start getting in our head about the choices that are in front of us. Um, is this thing the right decision? Is this thing the right decision? Um, we get caught up sometimes in the moral uh, obligations of things. We get caught up in, is this uh, decision ultimately right? Um, some morally scrupulous folks out there will certainly resonate with that. Is this the right thing? Should I do, th- do this? Um, and then sometimes we get caught up in what the story is going to say about who we are based on the decisions that we make. So if I make this decision, oh man, what are people going to think about me? What does it say about me? What will become of me? Uh, what will happen to uh, uh, things in my life? Um, and it can be as, just as innocuous as what are we going to do for dinner? It can be, um, you know, if you go to a restaurant and you get, um, you know, God forbid you go to the Cheesecake Factory that has a gazillion things. Um, but even if you go to a simple place that just has a few options, you look at option A, look at option B. Which one do I like? Which one, which one do I really want? Which one is going to fill me up right? Which one is going to make me feel full? Or which one's, or the, the opposite fear of this is, is well, what if, I, what if I choose option B, but man, what if I really want option A? What if, what if after I get option B, I mean, I can't go back and get option A. What do I do? So if, if you are someone who has been caught up and wrapped up in this sort of mindset, um, this episode is for you. So I'm going to go over um, uh, some points at the very end about um, uh, why we put off decisions and, and also some things that we can do in response to that. Um, but first, what I want to do is I, I, I want to be super artsy, a little bit fartsy, and uh, I, I want to read a poem to you. Now, I love this poem. First off, I love this poem. But second off, um, I love this poem, and I've I've called it the OCD poem for years, and uh, I, I I stand by it. Um, so this poem is the Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. 
Um, so everyone has heard this poem at some point in their life, and um, I'm sure it's 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 kind of annoying to some folks, or they think it's kind of you know mundane or whatever the case may be. And by the way, I should say this: I'm not a big poetry dude. Um, I don't read a ton of poetry. I kind of like reading poetry from time to time. I have an American poetry book that is kind of fun to flip through. Um, but this poem I've loved for a very long time. So what I'm going to do is read through it and then tell you why it is that this is the OCD poem. So here we go. Two roads diverged in yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other, as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, those for the passing there had worn them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet, knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. All right, so that is the first and and probably the last poetry reading that's ever going to happen on the Fearcast, but um, there you go. So... Why do I love this poem? Here's what's fantastic about this poem. Here's what's happening. The, the, the writer is going along on, on some path. He's hiking somewhere, and he gets to this fork in the road. Now, he doesn't know exactly where he wants to go. Um, he doesn't know, you know, wh which one is best. He doesn't have a map. He doesn't hear somebody say, hey, you really should, really should go down to the one to the right or to the left or anything like that. So, he gets to the, this fork in the road, and he looks down one, and he, and he sees what it's about. He goes, all right, well, it kind of looks like this. It's, you know, it's, it, it's kind of fine. Uh, and then he looks down the other one and says, oh, well, you know, this one's, it, it's different, um, but it doesn't look extremely better. It doesn't look, it doesn't have a whole lot that would, that would make it head and shoulders above the other one. So notice something about these two roads, first off. Not one is that much better than the other. It's not like one is super obvious and the other one just looks like a hot garbage fire. They are both similar, though though different. So he kind of says, you know, I, I don't really know that if I go down one that it's ever going to get back to the other one. And he said, likely speaking, if I go down one, um, I'm probably never going to see what the other one is. So here's what he says. I'll be saying this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. So this last stanza is incredibly ambiguous, and that's what's fantastic and beautiful about it, is that he says, he says, I took the one less traveled by. It's an arbitrary decision. He said, well, I, I'm going to take the one that's less traveled meaning not a lot of people have been down there. It's um, th There aren't a lot of Yelp reviews about it. There aren't a, uh, not a lot of people know about it. Uh, um, we'll see how it goes. And he said, that's made all the difference. And he also says the first part, I'll be saying this with a sigh. All right. As you and I know that we can have a sigh of relief or we can have a sigh of regret. He's going to be, he, he acknowledges that as he's going down this path, acknowledges that he might somewhere in the future be saying, I'll be saying this with a sigh. I could be saying this with a sigh of relief that 
that uh, uh, the one less traveled by was the best path I could have possibly gone down, and that's what's made the difference. Or I made a sigh of regret. I went down the road less traveled by, and regretfully so, that's made all the difference in my life. My life could have been X, Y, or Z. So much better, so much more fantastic, so much more lucrative, so much more filled with love. And that has made all the difference to where my life is now, blah, 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 all that stuff. Again, he's saying this somewhere ages and ages hence. He's not saying it right now because he doesn't know. He's acknowledging in this last stanza that when we are at the fork in the road of our life or fork in the, lo- fork in the road of making a decision, um, we don't know exactly what the outcome is going to be. The good and bad or wanted or unwanted or success or failure, uh, oftentimes of our decisions, is somewhere ages and ages hence. It's way in the future. Now, you and I know that we can get wrapped up in these decision make, in the, in the decision-making process. Should I go down this one? And I'm going to think about, naturally speaking, our brain is going to naturally think about all the things that could happen. And again, that's what your brain should be doing. It thinks about uh, all the ways that our life could go south and all the ways that um, we could, uh, this decision could go bad. It also is going to think a little bit about the positive stuff. It's going to think about how that, um, how, how, you know, road or path A is, you know, kind of grassy and wanted where and, and, or, or whether or not going to this college or getting this job or asking this person out on a date or getting this thing to eat or buying this house or moving to this place. All of those things could be nice, but oftentimes our brain thinks about the terribleness of it. Now we can get wrapped up in that, but we're going to talk about that here shortly. The most important part about this is that the, the person made a decision and they moved forward. They moved forward probably with a little bit of hesitancy, maybe a little bit of anxiety, but they moved forward and went down a path to see what was down there. You and I can get stuck in the decision-making process and ruminate and get stuck in which is going to be the best. We may not know. And we take that anxiety of the unknown and, and we kind of acknowledge some points about that. And we're going to kind of get, get into this uh, in just a moment of why we put off making decisions. But if we don't make a decision, we're just stuck at the fork in the road and we don't go anywhere. And we don't see what's down one path or the other. Or someone's going to come along and make that decision for us. Now that, for some of you out there, is going to be a compulsion. We just kind of wait and we, we hem and haw and we just kind of wait for someone else to make that decision for us. Uh, and then we kind of buy the lie that we made the decision ourselves, And um, and then we can either uh, say, oh, look at the, what, the wise decision I made or blame it on the other person. See, they forced me to make X, Y, or Z choice. Um, not taking the responsibility of failure on our own shoulders. I'm going to be pushing in this for us to make a decision to be moving forward in whatever, in some direction, because oftentimes we don't know if that, if path A is going to wrap around and meet up with path B and then we will have discovered both. Or if path A is going to go down and never get to path B, but it's going to lead on to path C, D, E, F, and all these other ones that we would have never known about or would have never gotten to had we gone down path B. All right, so why do we put off making decisions? So I have five points here about that. So I'll read through them real quick. One, we have an innate desire for certainty and safety. Two, 
we have memories of previous or other experiences. Three, fear of making the wrong choice. Four, we might regret our choice. And five, what will others think? Now, there might be a whole bunch of other ones. I certainly acknowledge that. But um, these are the five I want to go over for today. And I think that these are some of the biggest ways that, uh, uh, or biggest reasons why we put off making the decisions that we make. So one, we have an innate desire for certainty and safety. We have talked about that endlessly on this podcast. And if you're working with a therapist on your anxiety, you've talked about this endlessly with them. It's an, it's, it's healthy to acknowledge that part of our gut, part of our brain, our body, our spirit, our soul is, has an innate desire for certainty and safety. We all live in houses to make sure that the wolves aren't going to eat us. Um, we all try to get jobs, good paying jobs so that we can, uh, have security and we can have, um, safety and we can do things that we want to do. We, and we, we just want to feel safe. To put it into this context, when, we, when we're worried about making a decision, simply put, we just don't know what's up there. We don't know what's down one road or the other one. So, so when we're trying to make a decision, we have this fear that if we go down one, again, something down there is going to harm us or hurt us. And sometimes we look down one road and we go, okay, well, I know what's down that road, but this other one, man, you know, it's, it's different, it's new, it's exciting, it's terrifying. And our brain will overlay onto that a whole bunch of questions and a whole bunch of assumptions and fears about what could be down there. What we often do, instead of taking the risk to go down the new one, we sometimes, for for certainty and safety, we go down the same road over and over and over again. Even if it's an unwanted road, we do it over and over again because we know it's down there. Um, we do compulsions over and over again. We rationally know that the compulsions aren't going to do anything for us, but we do it anyways because that's just what we do, right? Um, we sometimes will stay at a job that we don't like um, because, well, it's it's better than the job we don't have, right? Um, sometimes we stay in, in, you know, unfulfilling or even bad relationships because at the very least we know what this relationship is like. And we're afraid that the other road may lead to uh, singleness or isolation or something even worse. So we avoid that. So what can we do about it? We can acknowledge and accept that you and I accept uncertainty all the time anyways, and that uncertainty isn't a guarantee of a bad outcome or an inevitable danger, but it is scary. It is uncomfortable. So you and I will still have to acknowledge that by going down this road, we don't know what's down there and something bad could happen, but we do this all the time. Think about driving. No one gave you a guarantee that you weren't going to die in a horrific car accident on the way to work or from work or wherever you're going. It could happen, but it's unlikely to happen. We accept that uncertainty. No one promises that you're not going to die of salmonella or that you're not going to choke on your food every time you eat a meal. You could. You accept that uncertainty and you make a decision. So, one, one way to challenge this innate desire for certainty and safety, acknowledge that we do it all the time and that it's unlikely that our worst case scenario is going to happen. All right. So number two, memories of previous or other experiences. So when we're facing this fork in this road, we kind of think about other experiences that we've had that may be similar to one choice over the other one. And to a certain degree, it's natural to have our previous experiences guide our future decisions. They kind of should, right? However, if we use those experiences as a direct connection that says it'll all happen just like that again, we can kind of screw ourselves over. 
So it's obviously natural to have our previous experiences and memories guide our future decisions, but we sometimes will use those, those experiences and draw this direct connection and say, see, if I go down this path, it'll all happen just like that again. And what we also sometimes do is that we compare what others have done and how they've gone down one road with maybe bad results or unwanted results, and we say, well, what if I end up just like them? So we make this, we equate ourself to them or ourself to our past experiences and say, that's exactly what's going to happen to me. Now, what we can do about this is to recognize that this may be a different circumstance. It it may, as we talked about in the first part, we accept uh, danger and we accept the possibility that something could happen, but we can also acknowledge that we're in a different situation. The, my friend might have had a different situation of circumstances and skill sets than I do. And m- me and my position right now in my previous experience, it may be a different, uh, I again may have different skill sets. I have obviously a, a, a whole bunch more experience in my life. So I'm a different person. And that their story may not be my story. And what we can consider is where did they go wrong or where did I go wrong in the previous experience? And then what can I do and what will I do differently this time? Uh, either what did I do differently from my friend or from my previous experience to make a different outcome? Now, again, this is not a guarantee that it's it's going to work, but it can help us take that risk and take that leap to say, I'm going to go down this path and not get stuck here. All right, which brings me to number three, fear of making the wrong choice. This is usually the dreaded what if when we're trying to make a decision. We often worry and ruminate that we could have done something better or that the decision will have disastrous or unwanted consequences. We sometimes worry that we didn't think it through thoroughly enough and that we say, well, I'm just going to have to suffer the unwanted consequences and maybe cause others to suffer. We kind of get stuck in this this trap that we're going to make the wrong choice. So what can we do about this fear? Well, number one, resist getting caught up in this feared story. Slow that thought down. First off, acknowledge that you're having this feared story. The feared story is not a premonition. It's not a guarantee. So slow it down. Say, well, What's, what am I thinking about? Break it down and acknowledge the thoughts without agreeing that the thought is right, but just one of the possible outcomes. You can accept this as a possible outcome as well. Remember, just one of them. And there are a gazillion other ones that could happen. Remember, it could work out great. What we can also then do is to resist getting overwhelmed by one possible future outcome. Stay in this present moment. When we're at that fork in the road and looking down one path or the other, say, I may make the wrong decision, but I may not. I may make the right decision. It may be fine. And when we think about all the things or all the ways that it could go south or terrible, we can start to challenge, well, again, as to the previous point, maybe things are different. Maybe I'm going to do it differently. Maybe it's going to work out differently and point out all those. But again, we use this as a catalyst to moving forward, not a search for certainty. Now, number four, we might regret our choices. Sometimes we put off taking a step forward because we, f- we fear the potential. We, we fear the ruminating in the future about the choice that we made and wishing that we could go back in time. So this, this one oftentimes happens to folks who have, have the tendency to ruminate 
about their choices. And they've had this experience before. They've made a choice and they regret it and they know what that cycle feels like. So what they sometimes do is they say, man, I don't even want to make a choice or go down and do something different because I don't want to ruminate. This is an avoidance of a potential compulsion or avoidance of a potential behavior. Furthermore, this is the fear that we are being short-sighted, that we lack proper due process in our decision-making process, or that we lack critical thinking skills. And we just go, man, I don't even want the possibility that I could make the wrong choice and then regret it. So I'm going to do the safe thing, the thing I've always done, or I'm just going to avoid it. So what can we do? Again, stay here in the present. All of that future-based stuff is just that. It's in the future. It's not right now. Recognize that when you make your decision, we stay in the present moment with that decision because this present is the only thing that we have. We don't have the future. We don't have the, the, the previous decision makings. We have this one. So we make that decision and we acknowledge and we stay in that decision. We can make space in this moment for all those fears and all those worries and all those uh, um, uh, uh, yeah, but what ifs and take all those with us down that path. Because we're saying we may regret it. Well, again, all that's in the future. Why don't we take all the, all the thoughts about our potential what ifs and we're going to go down that path and see if they show up, but we're going to take them with us and know that likely speaking, they're going to kind of fall off, fall out of our hands as we carry them. Because um, remember, these thoughts are going to go away. These thoughts are eventually going to subside. And remember, with this fear that we might regret our choice, remember that making one choice doesn't mean that we'll never be able to make another choice in the future. Again, we are constantly making small decisions. So even if we made a bad choice in the future, our story's not over. We can still make more decisions. We can still do things that are different in the process. So stay here where you are in the journey instead of getting sucked way into the past or way into the future. Now, lastly, the thing that makes us hesitate in making the decision that we make is what will others think? So we get worried that maybe the choice that we're about to make, um, man, it might be different from what other people do. Sometimes we make decisions that um, are unpopular. Sometimes we make decisions that other people aren't going to like. Um, and they may be in our best interest. They may be something that you and I actually kind of like, even though other people don't. And you know what? That's fine. You are entitled to like the stuff that you like, to be into the stuff that you're into. When we make a decision, sometimes it's going to be unpopular and we get in our head about, oh no, what are other people going to think? They're going to say X, Y, or Z about me. And it's, it can be, the, the fear can be endless. So we can start to ruminate about it, about what will the neighbors say? What will others think about me? And we hold back. Maybe it's asking somebody out and we're worried about making that decision. Maybe it's taking a job. Maybe it's going into an industry that others, we worry that they're going to think something poorly about us. Maybe we're worried about what our parents are going to say. Maybe we're worried about what our kids are going to say, what our boss is going to say. And we just say, man, I just, I just don't even want to deal with it, so I'll just go along with the crowd. I'll, 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 uh, I'll just follow the stream, and it'll be super easy, and um, eh, 
it is what it is. Just notice even how I'm saying it. It just, it's bumming me out to even say this stuff. So what can we do? Well, you and I need to recognize and remember that you and I cannot control what other people think. But then again, people may surprise us, both in a good and bad way. Go, remember that going along with the crowd doesn't guarantee acceptance from those people any more than going to the beat of your own drum predict certain rejection. Let your own desires and judgment guide your decision making. Remember that this is the life that you are this is the life that you have right now. If you want to make a decision, take that risk. We obviously take take into account that it could go bad, it could go great. But if if you want something in your life and you're at this fork in the road and you're think about whether or not you're cons- you're willing to take this risk to go down one path with something that excites you, something that gets uh, uh, that gets your blood boiling in a good way. Because I'll tell you, if you get rejected by your family down the road, at least you're doing something that you genuinely enjoy. Because remember, if you're worried about rejection from your family and you go down and do the same thing that you've always done or this thing that they all want you to do, man, they might still reject you anyways. If you have judgy neighbors, they're going to have judgy neighbors no matter what you do. If you have judgy family members, they're going to be judging no matter which direction you go down. So acknowledge that, man, maybe seeking acceptance and validation from other people isn't going to make my life happy or isn't going to be perfect. All right. So now that we've gone through those five points, think about this. So think about those previous obstacles I just mentioned and think about how you have fallen victim to them at some point in your life. If you're at a fork in the road and you need to make a decision, whether it's starting a business picking a school, ending a relationship, leaving your job. Again, even if it's just what you're going to have for dinner, make a decision. If you've already thought through the pros and cons, and you've talked to people who you respect about the issue, you probably have all the information you're ever going to reasonably get. So with confidence in the hope that you have for it working out well, and an acceptance that it may not go the way you want it to, but you're going to be able to make a decision again in the future, Make a decision now. If you're at that fork in the road, pick one. Now, if you've made a decision this week, I would love it if you could call or write in and let me know about what that decision was. Let us know what was the decision-making process. What were the two choices that you had to face and what led you to that decision? If you're stuck in making a decision, also let me know and let me know what are some of the things that you're worried about. We certainly want to hear about that for a future episode. So that is going to be my short truncated episode. Again, I yammered on longer than I thought I was going to as per usual. If you like the show, if you like the episode, uh, please subscribe uh, over at iTunes, wherever else that you get your, uh, your podcasts. Again, if you like it, tell a friend. That's going to be the best way for, uh, uh, it's going to be the best advertising that this podcast could ever get is to tell a friend about it. Um, if you have any further questions, I certainly want to hear about them for a future episode. I had a question that I'm, I'm, uh, that somebody asked that I, I'm, I'm going to put off for the next episode. But um, if you have a question, you can go to fearcastpodcast.com, all one word. Um, and you can submit a question there by clicking on the submit a question link. Um, you can also ask a question through Instagram. So I have that set up. My Instagram name is, to no surprise, fearcastpodcast. So as per usual, please remember 
Uh, the FearCast is not a substitute for psychotherapy. If you have a question about getting more involved in psychotherapy or getting into your own therapy, um, you can go to fearcastpodcast.com click on the find help link and there'll be some information for you there that may be helpful and uh, so as always until next time take a risk challenge yourself and don't take your brain too seriously bye